Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Third Degree Burn, where we're going to be discussing, in addition to uh, various comic news, uh, we'll be talking about the next latest episode of uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I'm your guest host, Kirk Greenfield, and I'm joined by Brian Hughes. Hey! And Tim Elliott. Hey! And I believe it's his wife, Vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the crew for tonight. So uh, I have just finished watching the second episode of uh, on Disney Plus of uh, She-Hulk, and I've got to tell you, I don't want to tip my hand, but it's great. Okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, anybody got any comic news now that we've covered She-Hulk? Yeah, Brian's got. Uh, I think. He'll yeah. Well, I mean, that. it's it's a little sad news, and that is that you know today was uh, the 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 last page was published in the recent and probably last issue of X-Men Elsewhere, John Burns fan fiction that he's been uh, publishing on his own website, burnrobotics.com. The last couple pages have been very uh, enjoyable. Uh, A lot of Wolverine in there and some Dr. Doom, but uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just, it's, it's done. There's not going to be any more. And there was story to come. Now, what Byrne is planning on doing over these next couple weeks or months is that he's going to basically explain to everybody how those stories are going to wrap up. He's going to show us art that was uh, intended to be used and placed, you know, so it won't be like full pages will be panels and such that he's going to be showing us. Uh, I don't know how he's going to format it, if he's going to do it like, you know, like an Elswin supplemental or, or whatever, but... Uh, that's where we stand right now. So I'm sad, um, but also looking forward to what, you know, what he's going to show us. Cause there was some Wolverine stuff coming that uh, just don't know what he was going to do. Brian, did he tie up any loose ends? No, no, no. I mean, right at this, this issue that he'd been doing was a continuation of the storylines. Um, the Gene Phoenix uh, storyline is it has been evolving and moving on. Um, the X-Men at their new base, uh, actually the X-Men were, uh, called away because of Magneto fighting the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that led into the whole Dr. Doom Wolverine, uh, storyline. And one of the things that they did throw in there was that, uh, Wolverine and Doom had had some dealings in the past ah. against each other. So, I mean, that was a hint that Byrne had thrown into the story. Mm-hmm. Sure, I like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is that it, you know, Burns gotten into what he calls the doldrums lately, where he's just not feeling like putting the time in to draw it, and that's where he just said, you know, just a a, a couple of weeks ago, he just said that he he is retired. I mean, you just can't see it any other way. He doesn't have it in him. You know, he doesn't feel like doing it anymore. And, and that's you know, nice I, I mean, retired though, right? You get to do it on your own schedule, right? But one of the things that that Byrne can't help himself with is going out on the web and seeing what people are saying about him. I mean, because he's got this thing where he just feels like there are a lot of people out there that want to say bad things about him. What he refers to as big bad Byrne stories, where they don't understand the background behind certain incidents and situations. And they just want to think the worst of them. 
And as you go out today and you look at people talking about Elswin, um, a good number of them on a lot of the boards, like the the Facebook uh, forums out there, like, uh, like uh, Burn Victims and the Genius of John Byrne and the other ones that are out there, is there are as a contingent of people that spend every day complaining about his writing. I mean, they love the art but they just can't stop taking shots at the writing and the storyline with Gene, the, the Phoenix storyline that he's been doing, trying to get the, the, the Phoenix character into a place where it can be a recurring villain uh, just takes a while to uh, unfold. And every time that story comes up, they groan louder and louder every time. And I think that when he goes out and looks at this stuff, it just kills him inside. And he, and because he said he himself was looking at the storylines he was doing with Nightcrawler, who right now is a victim of doom. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there saying, I'm just doing so much right now to Nightcrawler. I just can't see how I can get him out of the hole. And this well, is why he stopped. Um, it's like anything. It's, it's, if you're not getting, if you're not getting paid, then you're only. Mm-hmm motivation is your muse and if that muse is gone then you're going to stop so right thank you social media right a lot of it is you know like a lot of artists not even comic book artists like you just you, you could go scroll through social media and a lot of it's just negative you know mm-hmm. and so if you a lot of I, from what i understand a lot of people just don't even read it anymore you know you just kind of have to ignore it but which is a shame because he's obviously very good at what he does so yeah but we, well, we've been critical of his writing um mm-hmm. but i would think that you know He's been in the industry long enough. I think he would have. He would be uh, tough enough. Have that a he thicker would not, skin. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't deal with that. And maybe that's what's caused his um, this malaise you're talking about, Brian. Or maybe it's just yeah. you know, it's it's like anything. It's like the tank's dry. The tank's dry. You know, and if you can't be creative, you can't be creative. So well, uh, it's 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 not an issue with him being creative. It's simply not wanting to put in the work to draw it out because he's got idea after idea of where he wants to take things, but they're ideas. They're not a full script. So you can't can't just jump to it. You have to, you know, it has to be fleshed out so that you you can't just truncate it and and jump to the end and say, Hey, this is what happened. So why not? They did it in the star Wars movies. It's (laughs) a dark time for the Republic as you know, (laughs) I'm joking. I think he will. I think he can't help but be creative. So I think he's he'll move on from this. He'll do something else. He'll maybe he'll pick up his his. Uh, uh, he'll get out of the, the doldrums. He'll get he another will. itch. Yeah, something and will happen. Yeah, maybe Chris Rael is already working to try and and see if he can goose him a little. Uh, he hasn't said what, but he's trying to get Byrne to take some work for him. And and Bird had actually mentioned in the last couple months that there was other things that he was looking at doing. Um, I'm yeah, he'll yeah. go back to Star Trek. I'd like to see some more of his Fumetti stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like that too, but not that's not everybody's cup of tea. Right. Um, but that's, I mean, really, that's pretty much uh, what's been going on there as far as that kind of news or anything that. Uh, that I've got. I've got a little bit of news. Um, Maybe it's not new for you folks, but it is in our household. This evening, my daughter uh, subscribed to Netflix and we watched the first episode of Sandman. Oh, yeah. uh, Netflix. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I've not read any of Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman, but I do have great appreciation for how highly it's regarded and how unusual and offbeat it is. And I've seen some artwork over the time period, and I was extremely impressed by it. Uh, very moody, very, uh, very um, engaging, uh, very kind of offbeat, and you're not quite sure where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand there's 11 episodes. Maybe they're all out at this point, but I've only watched the first uh, episode. And I, I was impressed, so I, I bring that to the table. No, and that's good because I, I have to give kudos to Chris because on our last episode, Chris was talking about he just kept talking it up. And after the podcast, like, you know, what, I'll just I'll finish out the last 30 minutes. And I'm now on episode number six. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's interesting. Like I was and I'd watch it and I'd be like, remember Chris talking about like what uh, Lucifer looked like? And I was like, yeah, OK, I can kind of see it. But to your point, you kind of have to give it a little bit. I also don't follow the comic. But after this, Tim's like, well, I can get you the series. And I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. But it is kind of cool. It's relatable. And I like all the gothic-y, like the Cain and Abel thing and the gargoyles. I hope I'm not giving anything away, but all those kind of things are fun. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not giving anything away. But, I mean, and there's a wealth of, of stories out there. I mean, he did, what, 75 issues? And then, like, the Dream Hunters later? Yeah, it ran a while, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a a wealth of stories to pull from, and um, there's a wealth of stories to pull from for the uh, other show that we've been watching, and that is She Hulk Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, nice we caught uh, we caught a lot of references and a lot of things. There's so much in this uh, this episode that um, I actually caught or found out about, um, and I meant to bring up something last week. That uh, that I forgot, and that was on the soundtrack or the the score of the episode. Because did any of you feel like it was similar to the score for the first Iron Man? Mm, I don't recall. I, yeah, it, same way. I don't. It didn't make an impression on me either way. So I don't. So what do you, like Brian? What do you mean? I did notice the the closing credits was, was Eve, which I thought was pretty cool. Like it's pretty, you know. Say that again. Yeah. Eve, the closing credits on the Hulk, the the song that went out, that's who okay. was singing it. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. And the music so, that was in this last, I, <clears throat> the music in this, this current episode when they walked in the bar, I can't think of the name of who sings it, but it was it's it's pretty current, which I thought was, I mean, current within this year. Yeah, and I think that's meant to be digestive. The it's first episode, a lot a lot of times when they're putting that stuff together. They'll add that in at the end, and they'll just grab something that's um, that's current. If, mm-hmm. it, it just a, a a thing to kind of uh, go along with that. That's completely separate, though. Is that uh, my wife wanted to watch this week Superman the movie, hmm. and I had purchased uh, a while back uh, when Scott Gardner recommended it was the special extended cut, the the three hour plus cut. That mm-hmm. has every extra scene possible added to it. And um, so we were watching it the other night. And in the, the Smallville scenes, when Clark has just done his running thing with the train. Yes. And they show Brad and Lana and them in the car driving. Yes. In in the, the theatrical version and the other versions, it's Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and the Comets. It's playing yes. on the radio, even though it's supposed to be like 1966. Uh-huh. And 
in this version, it's a completely different song that I do not recognize at all. Really? Yeah, but it's much longer set of scenes. It's like, uh, I mean, that the the whole bunch of it that was in the original theatrical version was maybe 30 seconds, if even mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. And this was like two, three minutes of Brad driving around, turning here, going there, going up this road. It's looking like he was lost hmm. before he actually you know, passed the Kent farm. I think that's the ABC TV version. That's that's the version that we keep talking about trying to hook or up the with Brian. The K-Cop version is what Scott had always referred to it as because the ABC version was an extended version, but it only added about 20 minutes to it. I mean, this, the Superman the movie is a long movie already. But this is but the, the, the uh, K- two-night affair, wasn't it? They showed it, yeah. like they broke it up in two nights. Yeah, and it'd be like three hours each night, but that's because all the commercials that they throw in there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's it, this one is so long because it's got so many extra scenes and things I'd never seen before. Uh, you get to see Lex Luthor trying to feed Miss Tessmacher to uh, the ki- the the whatever's down in there, lions or bears or whatever. Oh, I don't know about that. And you see a, a whole lot more of Otis walking around Grand Central Station, and I mean, just every scene is expanded by several minutes. You know, the beginning and the ending of it. Uh, it it's it's. I didn't ever feel like it dragged, though. That's the thing. Uh, again, but that for me, watching something like that is a treat because oh, we're getting something new, something with you know extra bits and pieces into it. Yep. And somehow I I use the uh, the She Hulk series to walk away from that. Uh, <laughs> but no, that was about the the music it probably added in an ADR um, in in post production. So you know, just funny what you notice. Yeah. Well, but you know the first episode. I don't recall any music except I do remember smiling as the closed credits rolled because I found it appropriate. But, you know, the music cues of uh, Mexican music or they're in Mexico now. And so they're playing uh, some of those themes, you know, some, you know, that's Tejano just, themes. Yeah, just, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it, but, it, you know, those didn't seem to be recognizable, but it certainly set the mood like. Oh, we're in a different locale now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, they, I didn't get that flavor in the second episode, though. I mean, well, it's all in kind fact, of takes place I don't think there LA. were any fights in the second episode. My wife was saying that she didn't like yelling in anger and and screaming rage, and I stopped for a second. And I thought, you know, there isn't any of that in the second episode at all. Mm-hmm. No fights that I recall. No, it's it it's a it's it's a it's a much quieter in a way quieter. Uh, oh, but episode. much, much more painful, much more, uh, you know, angst. I mean, yeah. she had to have dinner with her family. <laughs> well, we, yeah, oh, wow. we were dealing with, you're dealing with her dealing with being She-Hulk much more than in the first episode, which was more about Bruce trying to, it was more comedic, and Bruce was instructing her how to be a Hulk, and this is how being She-Hulk interferes with her day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. But her agenda in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this this is a perfect example of life is what happens when you're making other plans. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I mean, that's what the, the, the whole crux of this episode is. Um, now, in the but did you episode... happen to catch that her father 
was one of the guys from um, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no, I didn't didn't see that. But in the <laughs> first episode, they referred to well, there's just three of us now, and there's some sort of a reference to. I don't remember if it's the initial CCD or CMD or or whatever it is, but there's a reference to well, there's three of us. Yeah, and there's speculation as to what that could be. I don't know if that's another cousin or or who knows. I mean, I would think that anybody in her family might have the genetic structure to hulk out if they're uh, if they're exposed to gamma rays. The way he explained that that he shares with Bruce that they they mm-hmm. metabolize it. They don't you know they don't basically get sick and die. They metabolize it and become a Hulk. So speaking of metabolizing in this scene in the barks, we talked about this last time where mm-hmm. she is, you know, she's the Hulk and she's drinking and she's fine. And then all of a sudden she she's has pounding to them down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she has to non Hulk, if that's the right term, when her yes. boss shows up and all of a sudden she's, you know, she's schnocked. Yeah. She, she's yeah. three sheets yeah. in. And I was like, yeah. uh, you know, it, yeah, again, that's it goes a back little, to the science that's, of it. That's not quite. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, well, like, there's a couple things that just didn't make sense and they did it for comedic you know, just you know the, the 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 comedic moment. the The fact of the 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 whole alcohol thing is one. In last week, they had her getting a hangover, and she shouldn't have gotten a hangover. Right. She might have been dehydrated, just like you know Bill Bixby in the very first first uh, episode of the TV series The Hulk, where he had to sit there and drink like a gallon of orange juice. Um, but the other thing was that you know the guy comes and offers her a job. And she takes it without even asking about the money. Well, yeah, I noticed to your, that too. Yeah, but to your same point, she gets fired and she doesn't argue it at all. He's like, "Well, I right. can't keep you because you're a Hulk." I'm like, "You're a lawyer. You would at least put in a, like a good twenty minutes and argument. Like, there's whole, you know, you can't fire me because I'm the she, Hulk." She, I think ADA she had a perfect or, uh, case for wrongful termination. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. But oh, I don't know about that. He's got a good point. If, yeah, if, but that's discrimination. Her presence I mean, is going to bias the jury and not. Win any cases at all? Well, that's yeah, true. But I mean, yeah, she, if, if, she's going to sway the jury. If you're in a courtroom and someone threatens that courtroom, mm-hmm. and you're in a position to be able to do something good to to you know prevent something bad from happening, don't you think you'd have to do it regardless of what it does to the case that you're on? It doesn't matter that you're not big and green. Yeah, yeah I don't think that was the argument. That everybody agreed that what she did was right. Right. Um, and and he certainly had a case for a mistrial because there's no way that they were going to find for him because it, they were going to create yeah, bias, on yeah. that, bias on that case though. But it's like it's like if Tom Cruise decided I'm gonna be a lawyer now, and he goes into a courtroom and he's you know they would say well because you're a celebrity and you're well known, you're automatically mm-hmm. going to bias probably the jury because they see you as. But how is that any different than famous lawyers? That's because they became famous as lawyers. They weren't famous and then became a lawyer. Johnny Cochran. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and usually a lot of those famous lawyers usually have a negative reputation anyway. They're they're they because they will try to get somebody who maybe the general public considers to be guilty, and they will come in and they will win the case. So they're not Rudy Rudy Giuliani. Like, so Kim Kardashian with her law degree, you're saying that would have never panned out. No, I'm just saying that they could, I think another lawyer could say, oh, well, Kim Kardashian is going to be, this is after she's been this influencer. She's going to be the lawyer. Then I'm going to say, well, 
how am I going to get an unbiased jury? Mm-hmm. Because they're all either going to, one, they may hate her because it works both ways. They may hate her because they don't like what she does. Or they may love her because they, they you know. So I think her um, her getting involved with, and I can't remember the name of the, 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 the law firm, that they, you know, she takes, to, to your point, she takes the job. And I think she doesn't ask about money because she's just desperate for a job. Oh, yeah. Right. And right. then she finds out that we want you, but you have to be She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. You have to be She-Hulk in, in the court, and you have to be She-Hulk, you know, all in the, the time. Office. Yeah. Yep. We want you to Hulk out because you're going to be the face of this um, superhero division. Superhero division. So uh, this is this is more, more of what Dan Slott did in his books when he was writing she I had heard that this is a little closer to the I, – I didn't ever read the Slot run, but I heard that that was closer to that run than to the Byrne run. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I'd heard about it. And, I mean, the, the thing is, is that in John Byrne's run, one of the things that he pushed, and he started with it even in the, the sensational She-Hulk graphic novel, was that she enjoyed being the She-Hulk. She enjoyed yes. that so that when she lost the ability to be, turn back into Jennifer Walters, it didn't bother her at all. And we're, we haven't seen her truly enjoy being the She-Hulk yet. And I know that's going to happen. Uh, we've seen some scenes where they show it, you know, in the future uh, episodes that uh, she begins to enjoy being the She-Hulk. So well, I hope def- we get to that point. That would that would automatically so, diffuse all the tension. If she enjoys being the She-Hulk, then yeah. where there's that tension of her, well, I don't want to be the She-Hulk. You're forcing this on me. You're forcing me to be a superhero. Yeah, well, and it's not that I, the vibe that I got, especially the scene where she's kind of going through the lawyer's office and she's like, man, you know, I, I think I got the job for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> it's not that she doesn't enjoy being the She-Hulk. She just don't think it's appropriate, right? So well, yeah. she, it's like anything. It's like, like the worst case of affirmative action. It's like, don't hire me because you need to check a box. Hire me because I am good at my job. Yeah. And she's thinking, I could be a terrible lawyer, and they're still going to hire me because I'm big and green. You know, it's it's funny. It made me think of, um, made me think of uh, John Byrne's Superman, and the whole Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Superman thing. He could immediately, you know, tell her, "I am Superman." And then she fall for him immediately, but he didn't earn it. He wants to earn it as Clark Kent. And, and so, yeah, as Clark Kent, he wants to earn it. So that's the, yeah, that's the hook. And that's where Jennifer is. You know, she's got all these things that she planned on doing and being the She-Hulk wasn't a part of it. So what did you guys well, think perhaps about Perhaps by Tim the Roth? last. Yeah. What? What did you guys think about the Tim Roth character? I, I was glad to see him. I was, um. Yeah, I I obviously don't believe his uh, what do you what do you ever want to call it? rehabilitation, mm-hmm. especially with the haiku aspect of it. But um, the mention of the seven soulmates—that's um, there's yeah, a comic there's something there. No, no, no there's yeah. a comic book series where they get recruited as. Uh, former villains to be heroes. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. And it's like Thunderbolts. Right, Thunderbolts. Yeah. That's what this is. You remember in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, the Contessa de Fontaine was going and recruiting people and she got U.S. agent there at the end. 
John Walker. And okay. I think that this is all part of the same storyline. And they want, you know, they want him. Of course, now she's got to deal with the fact that he and Wong were in the uh, cage match there. Well, that right, because that, but with that reveal towards the end, that puts this episode during uh, Shang Chi, because that's where well, we saw well, that. I mean, it was video that you know from that. They didn't say it just happened. It could have been right, but happened were, a couple months before. But yeah, at least it was I, recent. Well, well, I get the impression that that happened after he broke out of jail, not before. Then they say he broke out of jail. Then they saw him at no that, in. In Shang-Chi, if you watch that scene, Wong opens a portal up using the sling ring for uh, Blonsky to go back to his cell. And it's the same cell that she sees him in when she has her little Hannibal Lecter moment. Oh, so he's been so he's been springing the abomination mm-hmm. to fight in these um, like fight cage matches. type cage matches and taking yeah. it back. Okay, so... Mm. I haven't talk- seen... Shang Chi, so I don't, I don't have any of that context. Was the actor who played the Abomination supposed to be notable? Have we seen him before? It, it was his voice. It was Tim Ross' voice, but I mean, he was fully CGI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As the Abomination. The, oh, the, the see, biggest, I didn't ever saw any of that. The biggest. It was a quick cameo. The biggest takeaway from that was they finally got his ears right. Um, he yeah. Had the webbed ears instead of the. It just took time for them to grow in place. That's all. Yeah. Okay, now the the visit to him in the jail cell, which I thought was really cool. It, it, in fact, of the matter is, it, it was uh, just the little details that they had in there because they actually had a toilet in the background. I don't know if y'all noticed at the back of his cell. Mm-hmm. Well, he, and, had a, he had a toilet, but he had no. He had just a little pad on the floor for a bed. Yeah. Well, and when she walked in, they told her that she couldn't go in as a superhero, right? So she had to unhulk. But then to yeah. know, like, she could re-hulk when she gets in there. So what's the, what's the point? Yeah, they would have, that's what I said, they would either make her wear some type of power suppressor or dampener, or the whole yeah. base would have some kind of, uh, you know, because she said, you know, you're human. He's like, I, I guess at one point he, you know, because I think in the comics he never, he never changed back as far as I know. He always stayed the abomination. But um, right. in this one he's, I guess, able to, you know, change back and, the other thing is, there's no way he would ever be brought up for parole. I don't think he, they'd ever let him out. I don't care what, you know. She, he's saying, he says that. Well, I the super soldier serum they gave me caused this, and so then she thinks, oh, that's a that's a case right there. But he's got to bring up that he then, on top of that, injected himself with the serum that, uh, that Daniel Stern. Yeah, it was it was actually Banner's blood that he had taken and replicated. Yeah. Yeah. And he put because he says, you know, you've already got something in you. If I put this in there, you may be an abomination. And Mm -hmm. that's what he does. So I'm wondering if they're going to bring in. That actor, I can't think of the actor's name. Tim, Tim Blake, Tim Blake Nelson, Tim Blake Blake Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him in as the leader because they hinted. I hope so. I really hope so. But I mean, the thing is, the the other stuff that's going on, the the Hulk subplot, because if y'all didn't catch it, he was on the Sakaran ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's talking to her on the phone, there this could be leading to World War Hulk. That's what yeah, I planet Hulk. 
I mean, because we here. already got kind of Planet Hulk in, in uh, Ragnarok. But, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely doing something with the Hulk here. And I don't know if they can do a, a Hulk series without having to go through Universal or how that would work out. But uh, it looks like they've got definitely got plans going on there. Yeah, I, don't, I think the, 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 the agreement they have between Marvel and Universal is that he can't be in a standalone movie as right. Marvel. It can be a Universal. But they can use him as like a side character in their own films. But Yeah, that's like what they did with Spider-Man in, in Civil War. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, because I, I brought this up to Fanula, and, they, and it, it's weird that uh, the CGI they have for... She-Hulk and Banner, or Hulk, they have them, they give them kind of pink lips. And it's distracting. It's almost like she's wearing lipstick, but they do the same thing with Ruffalo's Hulk. But it's it like would look like green lips. He, would oh, have he, went on, he went on for like 10 minutes about this, right? Well, but it's, <laughs> but, it's distracting. But here's the thing. You have, it's like anything. If you just, it was all green, it would just be teeth and green, and it wouldn't look no, like No, no, she'd have dark, it's almost like she's wearing dark green right. lipstick. She'd have yeah, dark that, green that would look even weirder. It'd be like, why would your lips go darker green if just, you know. Same as, as a person's lips are darker than their skin tone. All right, so let's go down this road because it's going to get weird, right? So if you if your lips stay pink, wouldn't your, like, what about the palms of their hands? Wouldn't that stay a light color? Yes, yeah, so I'm saying if you're doing if you're doing the lips are pink, then. Then probably other parts would stay a lighter color. It should be all green because their blood should be green. I think we've shown that. I don't know if you've seen Hulk blood, but it should be green Yes, blood. we have. Yeah, there were a couple of drips of of, uh, of yeah. blood in the first episode, and they did it in the flashback. Yeah, so that, that, I just don't know if that's just an aesthetic choice. I don't. It just it just stands out and it bugs me. I think it's an art. I think it is an aesthetic choice, but it probably goes back to you know Ruffalo's first appearance as the Hulk. In, in Avengers, so uh, we'd have well, to go back and look his, at that. They see. change his look a lot. He looks now basically oh, yeah. like Smart Now that Hulk. he's yeah. Smart Hulk or Professor Hulk or whatever. Hulk's look has always changed throughout the years. He looks yep. an artist. So talking aesthetics, slightly different topic. The logo, right, it's all hot pink and very 80s. I completely expected <laughs> this to be like an 80s thing, when it and it didn't. And it's like it's like the Thor thing. It's like the whole 80s is coming back. So. Well, it's weird because that book was in the nineties. It was not. In well, the 80s, that's what I'm saying. It's just well, like, no, it was it was eighties, but it was. Uh, I mean, the thing is, it was always being compared to Moonlighting hmm. because of the whole talking to the audience, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, and I could see that. And she's not doing that a lot. She, she does did it more yeah. this episode, though. She does it. Well, she did it once, didn't she? No, I mean, she, she did. did voiceover, uh, but then she actually talks to the audience. A couple times, at least three or four times. When she was coming yeah, in, and I like it. It's not. It's not too much. On the other hand, when it happens, you know that that's happening because the other characters don't react to what she's saying. Right, right. So, so I like it. Well, it's I, not I, I too will, much for me yet. Yeah, I agree with you there, Kirk, because that's one thing about the She-Hulk run, the burn run, that mm-hmm. if you overuse that, it becomes uh, irritating. And you have to use kind of use it sparingly for him to... But she did it much more... Uh, in this one, she's kind of turns to the audience and she she acknowledges that she's on a show. But Burns Run, you know, she she knew she was a comic character. She would sometimes interact with the page itself and things like that. She would interact mm-hmm. with the creator, you know. If she, mm-hmm. I wish she'd kind of do that. Talk to 
address who the director is or the writer or something Jessica like that. Jessica Gao, would, it would be the one. She's the writer showrunner. Yeah. Have her, you know, hey, you know, have her stop and, you know, and that maybe it's coming later, you know, say, hey. Now, you know. speaking of, see, I mean, the, the one thing about the creator that got me thinking, there was this scene outside the courthouse where a reporter was interviewing this one guy. Mm-hmm. And if you watched behind him, a guy comes out of the courthouse that at first glance could have been maybe someone trying to look like John Byrne. I didn't catch, well, I didn't and, catch it. I'll go look, though. Yeah. What did you get, uh, Ruffalo's, when he's on the phone with her and she's basically saying, hey, I'm going to take this case. You know, it's me, Oblonsky. You know, I want to make sure you're yeah. okay with it. And he says, oh, I'm fine. You know, he wrote me a nice letter, blah, blah, blah. And he says something to the tune of, uh, I'm a completely different person now. Yes. Meaning, yeah, like, yeah that you're was... a completely different actor. <laughs> That's like when, when they brought in Rhodey, when they brought in uh, Don Cheadle to play Rhodey. Yeah. And in, in, the, in the movie, he sits there and walks up to Robert Downey Jr. It's me. I'm here. Deal with it. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, they, they find out. And she even looked at the camera in that moment after he said it, kind of like, a, yeah, we did. We went there. But uh, now the other thing, and it was actually this is a carryover from the previous episode, Titania, the 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 woman she fought in the courtroom, mm-hmm. is an influencer. Yeah, I thought that was that's very. And but I mean that would be just the way it goes in that kind of world. They would be the ones that everybody's following. You know, they would be the Kardashians of the world. And so yeah, she would do that, and she was in there for a parking ticket. She was it in. You know, traffic court, court. store, and she just was not happy about what happened, and wound up going through the wall, and things went the way they did. Well, they've got Titania, the one they need to change her costume. Which her costume's awful. Oh yeah, that but was hideous. They had in the first season of Shield, they had a guy that was kind of like the Absorbing Man. They never called him that, but he could. Yeah, it was it was him by name. Yeah. They called him by, by name. name. So if they've yeah. got so he's already established to, to be existing in this universe, so they could bring him in as her boyfriend. Uh huh. You know, because that, yeah, that's she was the one that was created during Secret Wars, the first Secret Wars. Yeah. And she yeah, they hooked up with the Absorbing Man. Yeah, they got yeah. She hung she hung out with him for a long time. How many episodes are there planned? Nine, I think. See, I don't know if there's enough time to bring everybody in because the well, episodes are Well, you could just do really that short. as a you know that could be a quickie little scene you know if, if she you know if, if she's gonna have any villains to fight is it gonna be titania is it gonna be she's doing more she yeah there's nine the episodes she can go up against um you know i mean are we gonna get a white wing foot which that'd be cool if we could because yeah. we know we're getting daredevil what we are gonna get an episode with daredevil in it yeah but that's gonna oh, be kind of like a, a handoff i think that's gonna be just a launching point for his uh, Daredevil uh, Born Again that comes out whenever that's out um, but it, this is supposed to be lighter his involvement is supposed to be lighter than Daredevil typically is so, so we'll, we'll see how that goes Yeah, I saw a YouTube video where somebody was talking about how fans were reacting to the announcements that Marvel made about the the, uh, the various phase 4, 5, 6 uh, TV shows and movies that were coming and they specifically mentioned that the Avengers Civil War 
was coming out, not Civil War, Secret Wars was yeah. coming out. And I wonder if that's where Titania and the Absorbing Man and everybody and his brother could are going to get aren't, thrown in. Aren't they also doing Secret Invasion? Yep. Now, yeah, Secret Invasion is going to be a series, whereas yeah. Secret War is going to be a, a, an Avengers movie. I saw something on the... I, I, it was very quick, and I immediately caught it as it went past, and then it didn't get repeated. But there was something about a judge on a bench or somebody behind the 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 uh, bench uh, unmasked and becomes a pink scroll. I mean, there's somebody revealed at that point, and I kind of went, oh, they're oh. doing that. So. Well, that, that was the talk, because if they're doing secret invasion, well, they establish in Captain Marvel that the scrolls are the downtrodden put-upon guys. They're not the bad guys. Necessarily. So this is now 30 years later. Have they become the bad guys? Well, I mean, it's it's like the the Cree. I mean, not everybody is a bad guy. Not everybody is a good guy. Yeah, but for the most part, the scrolls always been the aggressive, you know, bad guys. So the sneaky little green men. Arvel, even in you know Captain Marvel movie, she was a good guy. Yeah, and she was full Cree. Well, yeah, they were all. Oh, okay, yes. Like and so, uh, yeah, you're going to see you're going to see that. I mean, it's just like any society. Now, I'm going to take us back a, a step, though. You know, the scene where they're uh, walking her through the law firm. And they walk by one office as she she's sitting there talking to the camera about how it sucks and all that. Mm-hmm. And they walk by the basically their archives. The archives are all comic books. I noticed that. I caught that. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't see it either. Like it, took me, it, it was during the second watch that I caught that. Oh, have to. And yeah. then there was a, a web page that they were looking at where you had to freeze it to see it. But the, the web page talked about a bar fight with a man with claws. It also talked about the giant statue in the ocean, you know, basically from the Eternals. Um, and I can't remember what the last I, one I, was. I've heard that brought up in, on some podcasts that Nobody's made mention of this. The stuff that's happened after the Eternals, that nobody's made mention of this, this giant uh, uh, being that was coming out of the crust of the Earth and it became marble or stone, whatever it yeah, came. Wasn't that in the South Pacific off of uh, the west coast of uh, still, South America? I mean, it's a giant hand coming out of the ocean. I think somebody would... Yeah. would uh, Nobody goes there. <laughs> well, I guess what's going to happen after this podcast is we're going to go downstairs and watch this again and go yes. slow motion, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, Brian, kudos for you for at least watching this two or three times. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing I caught in that first episode was the Roxanne sign for Roxanne Oil. Because in, in the comics, they were always bad guys. Uh, Roxanne yeah, Corporation. Yeah, they were always uh, that. And that's why I thought almost the, the oil company. The, uh, We've seen the Rox, Roxanne signs here and there uh, in, in the Avengers, um, Iron Man 3. And then in the TV series Cloak and Dagger, they're responsible for what happened to uh, Tandy and what's his name. So yeah, they're they're persisting with the Roxxon Corporation being involved there. Well, that's why I thought almost that the the, the law firm was going to be representing Roxxon, or that was going to be the corporation that was going to hire her, so that they have something that, shady going on. But it, hang I guess on. not. But that was the other young. thing. The um, law firm itself, um, I'm trying to remember their name, 
it's, it's, all a, it's a funny alphabetic G G H. Yeah, G L K and H. And what if that um, has, it has to be something to do with? Well, the L is Stan Lee. The K is for uh, Kirby. Uh, that much I know. I don't remember who the G is for. Um, I, I, it's, I thought it's, maybe that was Gil Kane because he did a lot of Hulk stuff, but um, I don't know if that, why that was. Yeah, I can find that out real quick, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll find that out here in just a second. So, Vamp, talk. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed this episode overall. Um, there wasn't a lot of fighting in it. But nonetheless, I thought it advanced. It moved rather quickly. It advanced the plot, um, and I, and I, I don't know whether it was from Burns' run or Slot's run, but I got a lot of flavor of uh, of Burns' run and and the setup for her superhero uh, law firm representing superhero law. I I got that, and I'm looking forward to see how it's going to play out next. The closed credit scenes. There were about three vignettes. Did you all catch those? We watched. Did you stay the what? credits? The closing credit scenes. Oh yeah. yeah, the the scene where she's like bringing the water in and right and adjusting the widescreen TV, and holding up the car so they can change a tire. Yeah. Yes. No, I didn't see. Um, to watch that. And okay, and now I here's don't think a deep it means cut. anything, but I you know. <laughs> well, I there was one deep cut in that when they're changing a the tire and the cousin's talking about 4K. You know, every, you got to have 4K. You need 4K. Everybody's got to have 4K. Well, this series is not in 4K. So, I mean, that's just the, the, the funny thing. So I found out what those what the acronyms were. Uh, G, L, K, and H stands for Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Now, Lieber oh. and Kurtzberg are, are Stan Lee and Jack Kirby because that was their original names. Yeah. Uh, Goodman. Sal Goodman. Yes. And then his... Uh... Martin Goodman, the publisher. Martin Goodman, the publisher. Yeah, Martin Goodman, the publisher. And then Holloway is Holden Holloway. Um, that's his character, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the character. I'm trying to see if there's anything else to his name. But I don't oh. see anything. Well, if they I'll have to watch those, those end credit scenes, but if they did a tire-changing scene, shaming them for not trying to do a callback to the, uh, the Hulk pilot with Bill Bixby, where he's changing his tire in the rain and causes him <laughs> to hulk out for the first time. I could see that. <clears throat> What's a shame yeah. that Bixby's dead because he probably would have made a cameo on it. That'd be nice. Or Ferrigno, you know, let him do a cameo. He still might. Yep, anything's possible there because he's, he's been showing up in a lot of stuff. He's all over the place, so I wouldn't be surprised if he if he turned up. Or that it'll be playing on a TV set in the background or on that big screen right, TV yeah, that they the just Incredible installed. Hulk. Yeah, or well, it'd be great you could have the Incredible Hulk TV show in the background and say, oh, this is a cheesy show they made based on my cousin. Mm-hmm. And just have or it she may get an idea. She may get an idea of how to, she sees it or something, yeah. how to defend somebody based upon, oh, look, everybody knows about the Hulk TV show. And therefore, you can't get a, an unbiased jury because blah, 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 blah. I mean, they could work it in a number of different ways. Yeah, they could. Well, then in, in Slot's run, which I haven't read, did she break the fourth wall? Or is that just Burns? Right. I think it's just Burns. Was Slot between issues eight and... No, no, Slot stuff was a lot more recent. Yeah, it was like... Oh! The, it was oh, in oh. the aughts, 
think. But who yeah. took over between issues eight and what twenty five or whenever Byrne comes back? Well, you're talking about um, a a a writer and a separate artist. Yeah, uh, Rick Leonardi did doing some of the art, and uh, I'm not sure who was doing the writing then. I think Steve could have been Steve Gerber. Was he still yes. around? Then? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that, that looks like something he would pick up. That's kind of his comedic take. So um, when that didn't fly, that's why Byrne came back. I mean, no, um, refresh my memory. Renee, Renee, Renee Witterstatter actually, as an editor, came to him. Apparently, she she went to him and uh, talked him into coming back. Well, that's the and famous course, cover that, that he's done where she's yeah. on the cover and he's he's being carried away. And he's like, no, you promised me I could change something. I could, you promised me I could do whatever I wanted to if I came back. And Yeah, uh, because when when he was doing the, the, the first run on there, he did eight, eight issues. And right. um, they put out a uh, graphic a, novel. Dwayne McDuffie had written this the She-Hulk ceremony where she wanted to get married. And he's like, wait a minute, I thought I had control of She-Hulk. I thought I could, you know, nick storylines. I don't want that. And they said, no, no, we're going to do this anyway. And so he quit. Yep. So, and then which uh, issue does Vern come back on? Uh, was 40s it 30? 40s? No, I think it's 30, 34. I gotta, I'm pulling it up right now. Well, I wonder if we'll get a Wheezy. Uh, uh, who is she? The blonde bombshell? Who is she? The blonde phantom. Blonde phantom. Blonde phantom. Yeah. Now he comes back um, at issue thirty-one. Okay. He stays through at least through fifty. I know he does. The, yeah, yeah. Through, he leaves at fifty. Yeah. Because in, in issue fifty, She-Hulk throws him over uh, a balcony, if I remember right. Well. Isn't that the cover winner? She says, okay, guys, I hand them over. I told you, uh, you didn't buy this book. Give me your X-Men. That's actually a few covers earlier. Um, 50 was uh, just Uh, like the She-Hulk and almost silhouette. It was like a Korean cover. Yes, you're right. That's right. That that was an age when everything was chromium or holographic. All right. Well, have we covered this one? I think we did. This was a shorter episode. It's only thirty minutes, so it's not. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's half the size of that one. Yeah, and I think it's probably the standard size. Of, you know, there's thirty, thirty-five, forty minutes. It's gonna probably gonna be. So Richard episode. Starkings, uh, Gregory Wright, and Brian Hitch were handling the writing chores of the book right after Byrne left, and Al Milgram. Let's see. Oh, Brian Hitch was the penciler. And then Al Milgram, Walt Simonson, and Bob White were inker. So it was like an all-hands kind of situation, I guess, because that happened so quick for them. And Leonardi just did the cover. But who did they settle in on? Brian Hitch was the penciler. Steve Gerber was the writer. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. And that sounds like, again, he writes that kind of more lighthearted kind of stuff that's right in line with his, uh, isn't he, Howard the Duck, and... uh... Yeah, I just I I don't I don't recall. I mean, I never read any of them. And as I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm I'm just like, did he actually? Did she actually talk to the writer or to the audience? And it doesn't I don't look think that so. way. I don't, I don't think I, so. I left the book with Byrne. Left the book, and then I came back when he came back. Yeah, same, same here. here. But I do remember flipping through them and going, "What has happened?" Yeah. 
Okay. Well, yep. all right. I, think I didn't uh, even finish my beer. Oh. Well, these are going to be shorter shows, so. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a fresh well, move, Brian. <laughs> unless anybody has anything else to share for the good of the order, I guess no, we'll. I think, I think we've done a good job. These are these are a lot of fun, guys. This is going to be fun. The, you know, the, the next seven or so we do. Um, I hope some of the other guys will be able to weigh in because uh, it's very unlikely that I'll be able to, to pop in here regularly unless uh, we record even later at night. So well, you you. You benefited from catching COVID in this because normally you're, you're doing the weather at, at this time of night, right? That's right. Normally I'd be working at, at this hour. So uh, if I go back to that schedule, and it's very likely that I will because I have to make a living, um, I probably won't be at the helm uh, the next couple of them. But I will be listening in. So I will keep an ear open. Well, I'll get John back because I know John enjoyed it. Uh, I yeah. don't know about Dave. I don't know how he feels about it, but my guess is he probably likes it. So, and I hope you get uh, Chris back. And your wife said she was going to pop on, wouldn't she, Brian? I'm sorry, what was that? Your your wife. I hope you get Chris back. You said your wife wanted to uh, talk about it some. I, I don't think that she's going to be able to get on. I just um, the the work schedule that she's on right now is murder. Yeah. And okay. so I mean, she's she's gotten promoted into new position. And it's really just monopolizing her time. Okay. Well, so. we'd like to know how you feel about uh, She-Hulk, the TV series, and uh, what we presented tonight. So you can always, of course, go on our Facebook page, Gotta Get Burned, and uh, leave a posting there. Or send us an email to gotta get burned at gmail.com. Did I say that right? Yep. Okay. Sounds right. And of course, uh, we reserve the right to be able to read anything you send on the air. So uh, I guess we should go around and say thank you to Brian Hughes. Wait a minute. There's also another place that we can hear from him. And that, of course, is Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, where you could leave us a five star review and that would broaden the audience for more people to find out about us. So please do that if you get a chance. And check out our Facebook page, uh, Third Degree Burn, just like uh, our podcast is spelled. we got a lot of new members on there, and I'm only finding out tonight that these people don't even know that we're about a podcast. They just joined us because we're a John Byrne group John of some Burn, type. That's, that's, that's cool. That's, that's most of our so, posting uh, is, our, is our link to our shows. Yeah, and there's Michael Fitzgerald Troy's uh, uh, post for his uh, his show. But, uh, Tim, you're doing a great job on those read-alongs. Oh, thanks. Yes, uh, yes, I, I, I wanted to mention that. I I enjoyed the last one. I thought the special effects were really, really good. I, I try to pump that up because I know my reading is, is terrible, so I try to put as much of, of the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, to my, it's my version of kind of a power record, so yeah. that's why I'm trying to, you know, do the way it is, all the sound effects and the, and the background music and things like that. It's just a lot of fun, and it's it's a quick twenty minute little show. You can listen to it, you know, at lunchtime or something like that. Yeah. Now, have we told the audience what our next big show is? That episode one hundred. I don't think we've told. We've hinted, we've, but not. We've revealed. hinted. We haven't said. I don't know if you want to. Uh, 
We'll wow. see if it comes together. We haven't recorded it yet. We're recording it tomorrow night. It's going to come together whether we want to or not. <laughs> it's, it's coming out whether it's it's good or bad. Um, well, it's not like a big secret. I mean, it is our 100th episode, technically. We've not, mm-hmm. you know, numerically we've done more than that, but we are. Um, well, do you want to say, Brian? Because it was kind of your idea, or it was actually Nigel's idea, wasn't it? I don't no really. I think John and David really, or, or even Kurt uh, had had a say in that. Um, it, it really was kind of like everybody just throwing out, you know, this is a great idea. Actually, you know what? It wasn't any of us. It was Nigel Spink. Yeah, I thought Nigel's our our, our our frequent writer uh, who who writes into us very often, Nigel Spink, and he had made the suggestion about that. And just because he put all that work on us, we invited Nigel to be in the episode. So he's <laughs> he's going to be helping us cover all six books there. Yep. And we're going to. And we have just a might have a, a guest star. Guest star. Too. Yep. Special guest. But star. we'll we'll leave that to to everybody's you know yeah. little air mystery there. Ooh. Okay. Uh, is there anything else, guys? No, I yeah. think that's it. Uh, I think we can sign off. Keep this one kind of short and. and to the point. So I'll, I'll let us go around the table here and let everybody say goodnight. And I want to thank uh, everybody for coming in. It's a Friday night. Sometimes, you know, you're, you've had a long day at work and you don't feel like doing anything, but this is a, this is a lot of fun. Uh, so let's go around the table. And I would just like to thank my lovely wife. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'll thank you too. I appreciate you coming on here and giving your, your opinion on this. Um, you've got a great voice for the show. That's that's. I've told her that much better yeah. than ours, or much better Just, than mine. Uh, Kirk's got a yes. great voice because he's used to being in front of the camera anyway. Nice. I'm not consistent enough. Sometimes I can get into my my radio voice, but it's been so long since I've really done it. I I forget and I drop out of it. So then I'm nasally well, and pinched. I'm Kirk Greenfield. Have a good night. I'm Brian Hughes. Have a good tomorrow. And I'm Tim Elliott. Thank you for listening. Camilla, you can say goodbye now, too. Goodbye. Oh, come on. You're a superhero? Yes. Sure you are. Let me guess. That's your magic briefcase. No, it's actually a normal briefcase. All right, fine. Show me what you got. But it better be cool. How's this hot stuff? Of course, you're cool. Woohoo! You don't happen to be any relation to. Yeah, the Hulk's my cousin. It's good enough for me. You mind letting me down? My hero. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.